Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the Digitally Downloaded Podcast, Digitally Uploaded. My name is Alan. I'm going to be your host for today. We've actually got a lot of people on to the point where I'm very confused. I'm always confused, but now it's just more for confusion. It's a real problem. Help me. Um, so, we've, like I said, we've got a lot of people on. First off, let's start with Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello. How are you? Good. Are you good? Yes, I'm good. I'm, I'm in the good place. That's a good place to be. Yes. Um, <laughs> that was so stilted. <laughs> we also have Lee. Hello, Lee. It's good evening where I am and good morning to you. Yeah, that's why I actually, I'm glad that you picked up on that because that's why I do that introduction. <laughs> that's actually why, because we had so many international, it's a very international podcast. <laughs> all right, moving on, we have, we have an international person next. It's Ginny, hello, all the way from New Zealand. <laughs> international person like i'm halfway around the fucking world um yes. yeah hey good hi. good morning hi judy this <laughs> is <laughs> the worst introduction hello harvard <laughs> hello Alan. have confidence this is the best introduction oh uh, uh, thanks mom um <laughs> <laughs> what did um, i ever do to you okay <laughs> and of course we have matt as well hello matt Hello, hello. I'm so sorry that this has to go up on your site. <laughs> um, so we've got some news this week because there are so many of us. I'm not going to have any news because I'm not exciting. I'm a bland child. Um, so who wants to go first with their news? Who, who's got the who's got the buzz? The bee. Jenny, you've got some buzz. Um, that sounds really illicit, but sure. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's clearly cocaine. It is is clearly well. You know what's about as addictive as cocaine? Farming simulator, huh? Uh, farming oh, simulator. Wow. <laughs> Look, I'm in rehab. Can we not go? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so farming simulator for those that aren't in rehab and are fine to consume this product. There's going to be an esports league for farming simulator. I know. When I read that news article, I thought it was hallucinating. I thought I I don't know hit my head and competitive crop growing. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. So what they're going to do is they're going to have uh, 10 tournaments that will take place across Europe where people will basically farming, farm, they'll be like farming against Excuse each other me? or some <laughs> shit. I don't know. They'll be doing farm related I'm, stuff. How does that even work? Is it like who can breed the chickens the fastest? Because <laughs> who can make the chooks the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, I think I've read this. There's actually events. So different People can yeah. meet in events for different farm activities. <laughs> yeah, they had a farming simulator championship series last year and had like competitive events that were to do with like agriculture. So there's even like a farming simulator custom controller for people that really, really, really want to farm hard. It's like it simulates a fucking tractor. Anyway, the point of the story is that people can basically win up to $280,000 doing this stuff no way i'm serious i like that apparently it's gonna be like a regular thing so like once the first competitive season ends the team with the most points at the end will go to what's called farmcon 2020 to be the to fight the team with the next most points to see who becomes the farming simulator champion this also sounds like a joke no No, this is real this is actually real like too close to furcon and i don't like it you are, yeah. You are Where is that two hundred eighty thousand coming from? Farm simulator is brilliant. Farm simulator you is good. We all make fun of it, and it's not. It's great. It should be hardcore. It's better than League of Legends. Let's face it. Okay. All right. Let's not get hasty now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't see how it's going to exciting. Come home to roost. 
look, this could look. I don't know how it's going to be exciting either, but you know, each to his own. Um, well, you'll so. say that you don't know how these games are going to be exciting. Then you play one, and then you're like, "Whoa, this is good. This is this is the stuff." Yeah, Matt, I, I was listening in on Matt's conversation when he was playing Farming Simulator for the first time, and he just said, whoa, this is good. And that was, that was confirmed. This is sick. Oh. sick. And then he started playing a bunch of Green Day in the background as well. Nice. And then he there tweeted out, gamers rise up. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had a gaming moment. Um. <laughs> anyway, that's my news. That's Anybody scary. else have anything meaningful to add? My news is that Matt had a heated gaming moment, apparently. So, <laughs> Alan, you already had your news. You said I you had, had no news. <laughs> All right. Uh, who, who wants to go next with the news? I'll, uh, I'll throw throw in my my two cents. Uh, so, signing into Smash Brothers today. I think it was as of today or maybe last night. I'm not sure. Um, 2.0 is coming out in a week. I believe. Are they going to fix the broken online? Now, 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 now. I don't know. I don't know about all that. Sorry. Someone muscle Ellen. The minute you start talking about muscle Ellen. But I, I wanted to point out the curiosity that it's actually a full version upgrade, uh, like from one point. I think it's 1.4.1 or something that we're at right now, or 1.2.1, and it's going up to 2.0. And yeah, you know, there's going to be like that. Uh, balance changes and such, and there's very likely going to be the Piranha Plant released because mm. there was no official release for date for that. It was just supposedly around February, and that's about as around it's February done. as you can get. But um, I'm curious as to whether or not they'll fix what I uh, what I had the biggest issue with was the uh, in classic mode, like the um, the very silly running from the void bonus stage that's in every character's. Uh, Classic mode thing. It, I just think they. It, I would. I'm hoping that they add. You know, like break the targets or some some other cool modes, or maybe do something nicer with arena hosting because that's very uh, mm. a very ungraceful system. Yeah, but, it's almost like uh, Nintendo doesn't know what the hell to do. Yeah, you know. Like, almost <laughs> um, I do want to say though, if they could just patch out every single character except for Donkey Kong, that's all right. They no, Alan. I'm gonna be realistic. If what's gonna happen is the reason why it's a 2.0 release is it now has support for DLC. The older games most likely mm. didn't have the component or support for DLC. So it's now gonna be 2.0. It's gonna have DLC put support so the base game can work with DLC components, and Joker is gonna be released. That's my two cents. Ooh, you think it's really gonna be that early? I'm really not sure. Advanced. How else would the data miners? I'm sorry. How much would how else would the data miners have been getting their information so far? If they haven't been able to access DLC files, though. Yeah. Well, DLC, I believe that they have the time. You guys are all way too obsessed with Smash Brothers. Nick. <laughs> Whoa, oh, can I wave my two cents before we we move on the Smash? Is everyone throwing in the two cents for some reason? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all have cents, Alan. Um, I'm super annoyed oh, at the way they do balance updates. They do balance updates and they just say updated balance for these characters, and they do not say like what they changed. But to be fair, it's better than what they did before, which they didn't even tell you what characters it was. So now at least the uh, the Smash scientists have you know a little hint to go into their labs with. They never needed to do balance updates anyway. I mean, I didn't. I don't want to watch a well, six-minute YouTube video where someone compares attacks. People who take Smash too seriously need to need to get a life. Next, let's move on to the best <laughs> news ever. Metroid Prime Four got delayed. Woo! Why is that the best news ever? Yeah, because because that's what that means. Yeah, it's true. But it also means that Nintendo has no game for this year. That means Animal Crossing's coming in. Woo! Wait, what? Think so? Smash the Fire Emblem's coming out this year, dude. 
How did they not think for the entire year, man? Fire Emblem's well, coming out this year. Yeah, well, Fire, Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Also, Wargroove is coming out this year? Which Wargroove, is, is, Wargroove is coming out, like, in, in like, a week. Two days, yeah. Wait, what? Nintendo. That doesn't matter. Guys, <laughs> calm down a bit. The February game anyway. section is next. All right, so they've released basically a three-minute video, which is like a nice apology going, you know, we're so sorry, we had to delay the game. Originally, it was with another developer, but now it's with Metro Studios again. Everyone who's excited for Metro, cheers, and forgets the delay. The end. Yeah, exactly. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, the previous game was obviously not up to expectations, so they've moved it to the developer that's proven that they know how to do Metro. Good on them. Yeah. It's good news. It's all good all around. And, yeah, it's worth waiting for, so wait for it. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Right. Damn straight. Is that Finally, uh, just quickly, I just want to mention a bit of news that I quite liked. Uh, I hadn't heard about this game before for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but there was a dev diary thing that was put out for A Plague Tale, uh, Innocence, this week. And yeah, that game's right on my radar now. It looks really good. It's about, well, you play as a, um, a girl and her brother in France. I think it is France during the, the Black Plague. Um, and yeah, you've got to survive all the rats and disease and inquisition. I like so, surviving rats. Um, it looks pretty good. It looks actually really good. So the developer doesn't have a huge uh, heritage, unfortunately, but the game is looking really good. And it could be very interesting stuff there aren't many games made about black plague <laughs> and ye old days back then so yeah that that one is have a look at it have a look at the dev diary you'll see why it's exciting all righty oh, the, the image of the game shows so many rats oh, yeah, so many rats. Rat. apparently they animated like a, a million rats and screen it once or something um oh, it's some ridiculous that's a lot of fish yeah it's some ridiculous number of rats honestly. instead of zombies it's like you know how many rats per like screen yeah. Rats per square inch. And with that, um, <laughs> we're going to move on to some music from Miku. Ginny, I'm going to ask you to be quiet for a moment while I didn't introduce the music. I don't know what the music is. Nama 
Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so it's uh, basically the end of the month, which, as everybody who listens into the podcast knows, that means we look at the games coming out next month and talk about all the exciting stuff there. And February is shaping up pretty damn good, if you ask me. Um, so we kick things off with Etrian Odyssey Nexus. It comes out on February 5. That is going to be the last Etrian Odyssey game. Mark my words. I'm going to be oh. right about that. Sad days, but... Um, without any consoles with dual screens anymore. Etrian Odyssey doesn't work as a franchise, so buy that game and enjoy it, and it'll be the last one. Um, then we have Blaze Blue Central Fiction coming out on Switch on February 7. That's obviously a port of an old game, but it's the best 2D fighting game. Shut up, Alan. Um, like, you're just wrong. <laughs> you're just actually wrong, and it, I don't understand how you can be that wrong. Okay. Um, you're wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Good criticism. Look yeah, at this. Good. Look at this good criticism between two game people. <laughs> Alan, go back on mute. Okay, so God Eater 3 comes out on February 8. I believe that is like a monster hunting thing. Yeah, um, it's like anime monster hunter. Yeah, so cool. Um, Civilization 6 Gathering Storm, that's the expansion coming out on PC on February 14. That's well worth looking forward to because that's got Maori in it, it does. Um, Crackdown 3 comes out on February 15. I'm sure somebody out there is excited about that. I'm excited because Terry Crews. Yeah, yeah, Terry Crews just made that game hype F. So. He's a nice boy. He's a very nice boy. He's also potentially in Mortal Kombat too, which would be pretty cool. Would you mean like just Terry Crews the person in Mortal What? Yeah, like, <laughs> he's been tweeting with Ed Boon about being Jax, which I like. Oh, I oh, thought they were just no like, putting Terry Crews and having beat up people. Or kill the game. Yeah. Oh, okay. That'd be cool. cool. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'll get. I'll go back to my muted state. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I uh, returned to my cave. 
Far Cry New Dawn comes out on February 15. Who? Um, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. We actually have an interview with the developer on this podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the PR actually listens to that. Um, it's Jesus a Christ. <laughs> it is the bestest game ever made. Um, let's move on. Jump Force. Jump Force comes out on February 15. That's like the character mashup, mashup thing with all, all the... that Skip Force? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Alan, Alan, Alan. The funny uh, boy. <laughs> the hardest people, take. For people that want to get back into Phoenix Wright, the Ace Attorney Trilogy comes yes. out on Switch, PS4 and Xbox One next month. No Switch? Yes, yeah, Switch. Oh, oh really Switch cool. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. Play it on the Switch because those games are best done handheld. I anyway. never played them. Um, Metro Exodus comes out on February 22, and that looks good. Oh, that's yeah, good. that'll be really good. The original two games were good, so let's hope this one's good as well. Uh, and then Anno, Anno 1800 comes out on February 26. Anno's a really good little strategy series. I enjoy mm. those city builders. They're good. Uh, and then finally, um, Anthem. As they love so much excitement. <laughs> Anthem. Anthem, anthem. Is yeah. anyone full, full stop? Before we actually continue on, bye bye Bioware. This will be their last game, so maybe. Oh it's... no! No, don't say that, you piece of shit. No, it's the best. <laughs> we can dream. We can, yeah. I mean, if anthem, if anthem turns out how it looks like it's going to turn up, Ginny, I'll be quite happy to see Bioware. Mm, what Pelican. about Dragon Age? Yeah, but imagine Dragon Age in a world post anthem. Um, I don't know. I think Bioware I... needs to retire. All the all the talents left. They're all gone. My um, biggest problem with this sad. entire situation is is that no one I've talked to has been like, yeah, Anthem. Also, oh, also, no. I see I have. Yeah. We talked about how shit EA was in the last podcast. Let's talk about them again. It's incredibly this. hot. <laughs> EA sucks. Yeah, God. <laughs> Gamers rise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, well, we all, know, we all know that Alan's really looking forward to some Crackdown game or something. Crackdown game. Um, Wait, G- which one? Ginny, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> What's your month? I can leave. Um, I am looking forward to God Eater because um, it comes out on my birthday. Um, oh, not right. only because of that, but it is. I love, I love Monster Hunter related shit. Um, and I love anime related shit. So when you slap both of them together, that is like. Two of the things that I love. It's just missing one thing, titties. But apart from that, the rest of it looks great. Um, How much have you rehearsed that line? What do you mean? <laughs> it's just it missing one thing. Like... <laughs> well, <laughs> Ginny doesn't need to rehearse that line because she uses it on a daily basis. Isn't that technically rehearsing? <laughs> okay, right? listen, Ellen. <laughs> you were perfectly happy to talk about titties for an hour the other night. So I was not. <laughs> Okay, okay. Anyway, so, God Eater 3. Love it, love that shit. Um, I am kind of of two minds about Anthem because I want it to do well so I can get Dragon Age 4. Like, I really, really, really want another Dragon Age game. So part of me might even just hate by Anthem. Just so that, that, I don't know, I I do my part in contributing to the Bioware death you buy away meat grinder and they will one day produce in a dragon age game for me to spend all my money on but um yes i mean <laughs> i guess apart from that there's nothing super engaging i would like to i would like to have time for metro exodus because it looks really cool and 
what I've seen so far of it looks like it's a really interesting take on, or I suppose an interesting addition of of survival mechanics in a way that makes it more compelling than, I don't know, punching a bear in the face, I could Far Cry 5. But, um... <laughs> I mean, we'll technically be playing Dead or Alive 6 in February because we'll get Reaping Code, mm. I guess. Well, I mean, then I will technically also be looking forward to Dead or Alive, which will fill the hole left by God Eater 3. Um, so, yeah. I guess that's that's me. That's me wrapped. Simple taste, you know, dinosaurs, anime, titties. And bad Bioware games. Um, much fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, I have a little faith. Yeah. Okay, so my pick offer. is going to be... My pick's gonna be Metro Exodus because I'm living in Sydney and it's like 40 degrees outside, and I feel like playing a game about being in winter is gonna help me. Um, it just happens to be nuclear, but that's okay. It's just a little airborne. Oh. It's still good. It's still good. Dude, it's 40 <laughs> degrees outside. Any winter is a good winter, okay? But yeah, it looks interesting. Um, they're expanding the story, and it it looks like it's got like the atmosphere and the tone down pat, and that's really what I look for. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the first two games were pretty unique, and they like were aggressively focused on like what they wanted to do it was very like bullet point focus which i liked yeah and a story driven shooter stuff yeah it was very half-life-esque in its structure you got to shoot shoot both nazis and commies that was pretty good and also horrible (laughs) horrible demons from hell yeah i love that oh can i spoil the original metro exodus no Uh, you better not because people Um, might actually play it because no the original metro actually yeah i i I don't think um they were necessarily the best-selling games out there, and people might want to pick them up. In okay, I've only bad. played like the first three hours. Don't spoil it for me. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but if you if you have played the original Metro, you'll know where my joke was going. How about that? It's about trains because they're in the Metro. <laughs> next person. Next person. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say what I wanted to play? <laughs> Am I allowed? Yeah, you are. Dead Rally 2. Dead Rally 2. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, that's what we're all going to do. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, that's it. It looks really good. It does. I know. I really like Dirt 1. And And Monster Energy Supercross 2. Oh, great. Happy racing games. Great. Wait, Hoke, excuse me. (laughs) No. No, you're just bad at it. If you think it's hoagie, you're just genuinely bad at it. I you can play hoagie. games wrong. Hoagie. You said hoagie, I didn't. Oh, oh okay, we blame the, blame the audio quality. <laughs> anyway. The people listening online can just go back and see what the truth was. Yeah. You know, let's go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm going to edit that out. No. All right. Lee, you, better, you better tell us which game you'll be playing in February before before we go. Uh, before something something explodes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's some cool stuff coming to the uh, the Switch shops. Uh, it looks like a lot of stuff that was already on Steam, but there's this Magic Scroll Tactics. This looks interesting because it's a side-scrolling tactical RPG, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. Um, but apart from that. And I've already played this before, but I am excited to see it come to the Switch. Thea the Awakening. You guys ever play that one? And it's, um, so it's sort of like a, a city building kind of strategy. And it's like narrated by uh, yes. like it's someone. He sounds like a dungeon master. That's I, the um, the one that was made by the Civ guy, wasn't it? Yeah, the other one was like, like Civ, but is it? narrative. Not, I didn't know that. It's not made by the guy, the Civ guy, but it, it is kind of, it looks like it, Civ. People go it, is very, it is very similar to Civ, but instead of control, you like, 
your city doesn't move, but you control like bands of units, or you can just like put all your units into one. But you risk like your city getting attacked or some random event happening. Um, it's, it's very it it just has that like D and D feel mixed with civilization that that's really cool. I poured I want to say like a hundred or so hours into the into the PC version. They're actually making a Thea, a Thea two that's in early access right now. Yeah, I was gonna say I just found that and it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. I mean, for me, it's not. I don't get the. I mean, I know it's based on a hex-based grid, the map and stuff, so it kind of looks like Civ, but it doesn't really play anything like Civ because you're not building units and or not in the same way that you do in Civ. It doesn't have the tech tree upgrades and all that kind of stuff. It's more for me. It's more tech tree, or not much of a one. It, it's a very minimal one compared to Civ. Um, for me, it's it's more like a, a kind of role-playing, story-driven game. Um, mm. And it's based in Slavic mythology, which is really neat. Uh, and yeah, it's drink really a lot of rakia. It's a good game. It's well worth looking into. Um, and yeah, I'm playing it for review on Switch, and I can say without breaking embargo, probably. Um, it, oh, that's always good when you can say probably. <laughs> probably. It's it's um it, it plays kind of like uh, well, it, I, I'm not noticing any faults in it compared to the PS4 version, which I played previously. Um, speaking of very super niche games, I did forget to mention one that is coming out in February because it's not on my list. Bad US gamer, never read them. Um, yeah, only get your news from digitally downloaded, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's called. It, it's a Nipponichi puzzle platformer called The Blind Prince and the Liar Princess. No, The Liar Princess and the Blind Prince, and it's really good. Oh shit, that's a breach of embargo. Um, it's it's Matt. Can you not? I can do that. Uh, it, it is a puzzle platformer that is really exciting. Uh, Nipponichi actually makes really good puzzle platformers. They did it with the Rose in the Twilight on the Vita. And yeah, this one's also based in fairy tales and stuff. And just go and watch videos of it. It's very aesthetically interesting. And I let's think just have all the Matt's pissed off in this whole podcast. Yeah, this is fucking well. Um, Trent, you better tell us quickly which game you're looking forward to. Well, um, I'm not going to say Metro, even though I might pick it up at some point. Um, so we're not going to go back down that track. Um, and I train track. Oh. <laughs> and we've already and I've already played near, so I'm not interested in the game or whatever it is edition. Um, Constructor finally comes out. I might pick that up. That sounds cool. It's like an old game, but like it's remade. Oh, for... oh the simulator. The... Yeah. Yeah, but the one that's about ruining ruining um, other people's buildings and stuff. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's on here. Ruining other people's things. It's coming on Switch this month, is it? I don't know if it's coming on Switch or already on Switch, but it's coming on other platforms according to that article I linked to you earlier. So it must be true. <laughs> it's already on Because no one lies in media. No one's ever lied in media at all. Yes, but the list that you linked, Trent, also had um, Total War coming out in February. And Which is in March now. Yeah, it's March. I'm so upset by that. I'm so March is to the beat of his own drum. Need to need to wait an extra month now for the Lubu Dong. Mm. Cool. All right. Well, let's... Let's move this on. Um, I'm going to make the veto here and say we're going to play some Kingdom Hearts music because Kingdom Hearts has just come out. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, that's crazy. When this podcast comes out... Kingdom Hearts will be out, yeah. This is the future. Let me face my fears. I'm pretty sure there's going to be an apocalypse right before Kingdom Hearts comes. (laughs) 
something we're gonna get invaded by a heartless in the 28th something in the cosmos does not want people to play that game so there's it's just you because you don't want people to play the game (laughs) it's that that bad anyway kingdom Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to edit that out. No, you can't. Uh, I'm going to leave it in. I'm leaving it in now. I'm doing it. Um, so, in the last week or so, by the time this podcast goes up, uh, you would have probably had access to Resident Evil 2, the remake made by Capcom to recreate the entirety of the game within a Resident Evil 4 styled system. Um, if you have seen anything about this game, you would know that it looks fantastic. It probably plays fantastic as well if you played the demo uh, and sounds horrible, which is great. Um, so the game is doing quite well as well based off initial sales stuff. Um, at least I'm seeing a lot of people saying on Twitter and everything that they've picked the game up. So it sort of made me think, you know, with the advent of the remake and remaster world that we seem to be put in, is there a game that we can all sort of semi-agree on that needs to be remade a little bit? Yes. I was... Onimusha. I'm so pissed off they remade Resident Evil 2 and not Onimusha. They just put out a HD remaster. Of the I think that's because they didn't know if Onimusha would sell. Probably. That's the issue. Probably. Fair, yeah. fair call on that. But I think we can all agree that a proper remake of Onimusha would be good. Especially given how good Neo was. Um, and if yeah. They didn't Onimusha, but... Well, I believe that Onimusha is doing pretty well so far. It was on the Switch charts for a while. It was was doing pretty well, so it's not out of the entire world of question if it does get a remake in the next 10 or so years. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I'd be all for that. I'd love it. It'd be great. I can't can't get enough of Japanese demons and stuff, so... Yeah. Give me more Because there was only a six-year gap between Resident Evil 1 and the remake of Resident Evil 1, so it's... You know, there is no real time limit, I guess. Um, and especially with the sort of advent of people playing more and more PS1 and PS2 games on PS4, for example, or on the PS Classic, which is not the way to do it. Do not do that. You are wrong. Do not do that. It is a joke of a system. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like it doesn't seem completely out of the idea that we could end up with something like Parasite Eve again, which I think Ooh, would be fantastic. That would be amazing. Yeah. Dude, no way to play Parasite Eve one here. No, there's no way at all, which is why it could be a really good idea. Square Enix, do it. But then also mm-hmm. it'd be headed 
it would be ended up being ahead by the man who cannot finish games though, which would mean it would never come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Final Fantasy VII dude. Like I love Nomura, but he needs to just focus on one thing. He's busy. And now that Kingdom Hearts is over, he's a busy boy. I know, but he has to stop putting belts on everyone. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a fifteen-year-old joke, Alan. <laughs> Okay. When we see Kingdom Hearts come out in three days, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be belts everywhere. So there's, it's literally just the belt game. The belt game. <laughs> yeah. Kingdom the Hearts belt three. Game. Here comes the belts. Kingdom belts. <laughs> is isn't that just like a really dire metaphor for like? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna go there. Okay. No, I knew that's <laughs> not. Speaking of speaking of classic horror games, we could also have a remake of Silent Hill where. where, where no, that'll never happen. Um. <laughs> I'm actually going to play Silent Hill 2. I'm curious about it. It's one of the best played, games ever made. I played Silent Hill 1 and I just can't get into it because it's just so... Unplayable? Yeah, yeah, the controls are just like, what is happening? What What are we doing? Yeah, you're yeah. going to start with 2. Sweet <laughs> Harbour, the, the best Silent Hill has already got a remake and that was Shattered Memories. It was Homecoming, actually. I feel like that's a that's a hot take, but I don't actually know that the... You're all very bad people. Silent Hill 3 is the best <laughs> <laughs> Three is very good. Um, yeah, I don't know how likely that is to get a remake though, just because Konami is Konami, and they don't seem to know what they are doing outside of Japan stuff. So a remake, a, a remake of um, Project Zero Two would also be quite welcome. Since yeah, Project did, Gotham would be good. No, they did, they did a remake of Project Zero Two like last year, last no, no, last didn't. generation of consoles. No, they did a HD port of a HD port. I mean, a Wii port, which means not very HD at all. Oh. Um, hmm. Yeah, they have not done a remake and or port of uh, Project Zero 2, that's for sure. Oh, and actually, speaking of... requests for horror games, let's also have a, a remake of uh, Forbidden Siren 2, please, Sony. Stop making Ghost of Tsushima and make Silent <laughs> Every time you say Ghost of Tsushima, I get more and more vitriol. <laughs> you say in the offended voice. By, yeah. by the end of the year, if I just think Sony, it's just a long stream of curse words about Ghosts this year. Where I'm going. But I can respect that. Because it's going to be terrible. Um, but yeah, Forbidden Siren, that would be good. That was Sony when Sony was good. Is that the one with the the giant dude that wasn't evil? But... That's no. The one, no, no, that's the one where you jump into people's brains. And, yeah, you uh, can sight jack. Yeah. Which <laughs> sounds like a... Which is pretty cool. This is, I, I like, sounds like I, an average Saturday morning for Alan, really. I, I like this. <laughs> yeah, I go into his brain. Go. Yeah. Can he, that's very nothing, mean. Nothing like that. <laughs> um, what about yeah? you? Are you looking forward to games that don't involve such acting? Or would you like to see HD remakes of games? Okay, do you know what do you know what I want? Do you know what I want an HD remake of? Like I want an HD remake of Pokemon Snap. Yes, Ooh. that's what I want. Like, I think that the Switch would be like perfect for it. Like, I think it would just be—it's just time. Like, while we're riding this nostalgia high from the Pokemon remakes, which are basically Pokemon Eevee and fucking Pikachu, now the RE remake. There's like all this other stuff that people are banking on nostalgia-wise. Give us Pokemon Snap. Like, oh, give me something, about, please. VR, VR Pokemon Snap. Oh yeah. Be cool. Nintendo doesn't know how to do VR, dude. Nintendo doesn't know no, what to do. I know. I know. That was, that was a long shot. Love it. They had, the worst they... thing about Pokemon Snap is that they have a very small window to release it before the next generation don't know what cameras are. 
Oh, good point. They should cash in right fucking now before they release the next major Pokemon mainline game. Oh, it's Pokemon Snapchat. Yeah, delay the mainline but game. Release a three-minute video. Do that. Pokemon Snap this year. Do it. Pokemon Snapchat. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't do Pokemon Snap with the Wii U because that was. It was built for that console. Nintendo had one game they could have made for the Wii U and they didn't make it. Instead, they made <laughs> Devil's Third. Hey, 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 guys. Give me a HD remaster of this. <laughs> Give me a non-bad version of Devil's Third. Oh, you're so mean, Alan. Yes. I don't like the tone that you're using. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, give us a, give us a HD... Oh, well, not a HD, a, a full remake that you'd like of an old game. So, um, I've been playing a lot of Smash lately, and you know how they have the old spirits <laughs> of old games? It's just like Nintendo's way of teasing that they haven't forgotten the franchise when really they've absolutely forgotten the franchise. <laughs> it's um, like when, when you forget to buy a Christmas present for someone and you go to the gas station yeah, and pick up like a like... muffin. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that, but that's a perfect metaphor for what this is. Anyways, they have camera. They have characters from Pandora's Tower in Smash. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. Like, they, have the, they have the rights to it. They have the old... Wii version that is hard to play because they got the weird motion controls. Like they could do something good out of it. Yeah, yeah that would be great. On that topic, actually, as well, is the lost like last story. The last story, yeah. That needs. All to I know on. about the game is the character designs. Looks alright. Yeah. Looks like opera mixed with. It's nah, it, it was a bad game. Oh well, uh, well, Matt hates fun. Confirmed. <laughs> it was the the worst. You know how they had those that trilogy that unofficial trilogy of three JRPGs that all uh, the Blue boys Dragon made. Last Story. No, 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 no. The all the white boys made a oh, no, really oh. Nintendo wasn't going to bring them out of Japan, and that was so Xenoblade uh, Last Story and yeah, um, Pandora's Tower. Yeah, of those three, the Last Story. Was the one <laughs> I thought you were to say Xenoblade Last Story and Panic at the Disco. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Pandora's Tower was was great. It was probably the one that was least recognized. Um, of we eat things, things, right? It was really good. What? It's when we eat things, right? Yeah, no, about making about making your girlfriend eat meat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, but the funny I thing is, that very badly. The, the funny thing was, she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's a vegetarian, so she's got to eat oh. these things. Because oh, she's like gagging on them as she's eating. Them. It's, actually, it's actually not sexual at all. It's 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 a very like operatic story about having to sacrifice yourself for someone else. I'll, I'll never forget. That. It's the most effective thing, affecting thing I've ever seen in a in a JRPG. It's just like oh yeah, I bet. Chowing, she's chowing down on these hearts and they're bloody and raw. She he didn't even cook them for her, and she's just chowing down on them. She's gagging because she can't. <laughs> Can you stop using that word? <laughs> I, I absolutely regret saying this game should be remastered. I don't think you know what that word means. Leave it to history. <laughs> no, I know exactly what that word means. I'm, I'm so sorry, everyone listening. Harvard's a little loud on the I am very this sorry. This is like the R18 podcast. It's this almost like, like it's your had, fault, Judy. This is when we, like, when we had Tyler on and had to talk about beat him and eat him for like half an hour. <laughs> oh, that's the person we're missing. We did have Tyler this week. We had... Almost the trifecta of like, <laughs> fighters were here. First cast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Tyler would like a HD remake of Beat Him and Eden. I hate, I hate that so much. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's cut to the chase here. And we, get away we didn't, from this we didn't give uh, Trent a chance. Uh, Trent, to... Trent, what would you like? Yeah. Maybe I want 
anything else on the menu apart from gagging you know no no gagging no anything like that what what i don't want anything from gangku era because that was shit unless they're gonna remake um harvest moon a wonderful life which was the last a wonderful life last good harvest moon but what i do want is you're about to say gagging gonna scream no no gagging is in it i want Basically, all the Sing games, like Hub, uh, like Hub Snoop, wow, Another Code, um, Hotel Dusk, all that, I want them remastered and I want them on the Switch. That's a good okay. call. Yeah. Actually, I've never played like all those games, Hotel Dusk, Ghost Trick, or whatever. Ghost Trick's really good. Ghost Trick's great. It's on iPad too. It is. It's a good game to play on iPad. iPad. Yeah, because it's all touchscreen and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Press the screen and stuff happens. It's pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. All right, let's go for some Phoenix Wright music because it looks the same. No, no, Pandora, Pandora's Tower. That's good music. Oh. It's good music. I love it. Good music, but it's very. It's much too much of a downer. You can play Phoenix Wright and just get it. No, 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 we'll play Phoenix Wright last. Let's do Pandora's Tower. Let's get people hyped for the game. It's good. I promise. That's not trustworthy at all. It actually is very good. <laughs> I it, promise it, you. I promise you. There's not too much gagging. <laughs> if you look past the subject, it's actually a very good game. It really music is. time. Music time. It's like Castlevania. I told you, music time. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, for the last section of the podcast this week, we actually have a bit of a treat. Um, 
Ubisoft was uh, is out there promoting their next Far Cry game quite heavily, and they flew their narrative director down to Australia to do interviews with media and stuff. I had the chance to go along and chat with this fella. Um, so we're actually going to publish the interview verbatim and in full for the podcast. So kick back, enjoy, listen, and um, yeah, that's it for the podcast this week. We'll have some music at the end, and that music will be from whatever Alan chooses. Um, me phoenix right phoenix right and um we'll be back next week thanks very much <laughs> i was so dejected for that <laughs> so today i've got with me james nadiger the narrative director is that your the title narrative director of far cry new dawn there we go uh the narrative director of far cry new dawn thank you very much for your time oh, thanks for coming so i've been playing the game um uh, the i guess the introductory chapters or the act and uh, yeah obviously it's it feels very much like a Far Cry game which is which is good I, I guess my first question for you would be what what is your attempt like what what kind of narrative were you trying to draw out of this game what what's the purpose of the story in um, New Dawn well when we were coming up with the ending of Far Cry 5 which was centered around a doomsday cult uh, when we made the choice to end that game on an actual doomsday we all got really excited um, because one, while well, we knew that was going to be the end of that game, uh, we knew that it gave us a chance to take Far Cry into a post-apocalypse landscape, which is something that we've been wanting to do for some time, because I think the, the genre suits the Far Cry experience very well. Um, as well, we created um, a place in the world, Hope County, and a cast of characters that we were really growing attached to, and we, uh, we wanted the chance to revisit them, but in a, in a different context. Um, so New Dawn is a, is a standalone sequel to Far Cry 5, but it's a new story. You uh, inhabit a new player character. So if you've played Far Cry 5 and finished it, you'll be able to sort of reunite with some old friends and some old foes. But if you've never played 5 or a Far Cry, it's a fresh experience that you can jump right in and you won't miss a beat. Okay, sure. And what is it about, I mean, you mentioned there that you, you think that the post-apocalyptic kind of setting and genre fits Far Cry well. What is it about Far Cry that you think think does fit with the, the, the genre of the post-apocalyptic kind of storytelling? I think uh, what what brings a Far Cry experience is being dropped into a, a beautiful but um, hostile wilderness, like a very inviting open world but a dangerous one. Um, transforming yourself from the hunted, whether it's from predatory animals or, um, or people, uh, to the hunter, going up against a, an overwhelming force and coming out stronger on the other side. And I think, um, I think a post-apocalypse is maybe the most lawless of frontiers, so I think it's something we're super eager to dive into and put our own sort of Far Cry spin on it. Okay, sure. And <clears throat> what about, I guess the apocalypse means you think that it might play out this way in terms of the way that humanity kind of reemerges from sure. the, from the the wasteland. And why is it? Well, why is it so hostile? I mean, why do you? Why did you think that that is how, in the scenario, humanity would would end up being like that? <clears throat> when we were uh, researching what we wanted our open world to be like, we consulted with a couple meteorologists who specialize in. Um, making different models of different possible nuclear scenarios from like a singular bomb to all the bombs and sort of everything in between them. They work with different governments and things. So we, we crafted uh, uh, an apocalypse scenario to sort of suit our gameplay purposes. Um, and what we found was in a lot of these models, 
overwhelmingly, there were sort of two paths to survival. If you happen to live in a place where you could grow crops and sort of there were animals to hunt, then you could gradually rebuild uh, a decent life for yourself. It would be hard work, but it would be there. Uh, and that's what you see in the Hope County survivors. They were able to recreate makeshift farms and sort of live off the land, uh, and life was pretty good. But on the other side of that equation, you have the highwaymen who uh, came from a place where they weren't able to rebuild or they don't have the, the skills or that knowledge, so they take things. Um, and it's really in Hope County where the, the clash of these two sort of survival styles uh, comes into play. Okay, so the, the highwaymen come from an area where there's no resources? Is that the thing? The highwaymen started in the ruins of a city uh, on the eastern seaboard. Um, just after the bombs dropped, um, they took over the docks, which gave them uh, a lot of handy supplies. They had some weapons, they had vehicles, they had gas, they had food, but they were, they had no knowledge of how to survive. So when all those things went away and there was nothing left in the city, there's no stores, right? And everyone else is, is fighting over the same scarce resources. They were forced out onto the road. Uh, and when they went out into the world, they saw that everyone was as desperate and as ruthless as they were because they were all fighting over the same uh, resources. So that's where the, where the look of the highwaymen came. They had to start becoming sort of larger than life bandits. So they incorporated the motocross gear and the graffiti from a Montreal graffiti artist named Zylon to make themselves sort of like this urban legend. So you would hear about the highwaymen and then you would hear them coming. Um, to sort of have that reputation, that fearsome reputation precede them. Okay, so, and I, I guess the following question of that is, the fearsome re reputation that you're talking about, do you still see, or will the narrative explore, I guess, a way to look at these people as a, in a more sympathetic light as well? Mm -hmm. I mean, or are they just a very kind of black and white kind of, you know, cartoonish villain? No, I think the, the interesting thing about all the Far Cry villains is that they all believe wholeheartedly that what they're doing, uh, however questionable, is the only sane way to live in, in, the, in the space that they inhabit. They believe it and they will try to convince you, the player, to see the world through their eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and as you progress through the story and go up against the twins, you are in opposition, but you will get glimpses of where they come from, why they see the world the way that they do and what sort of put them on this path. Okay, sure. Um, was the Western a genre that was, um, you know, ins did it inspire Fire Cry? Because as I was playing it, I got a very strong sense of the kind of the Western aesthetic and the idea of, you know, as you mentioned, you're on, you're on the frontier and mm -hmm. it's, um, there's that kind of romanticization of, you know, hard work being yeah. a decent living. Um, yeah set against, I guess, the highwaymen who are coming in and taking things and they're not living a decent living kind of way. So, I mean, that's that to me, that immediately said kind of Western. <laughs> uh, it Was that something that actually was like an overt um, uh, source of inspiration? Uh, it was definitely a source of inspiration. I don't know that I would say it was like the primary source, but I think the just the fact of being set in Montana, being a follow-up to five, that Montanan spirit of you know, pulling up your bootstraps and doing doing work yourself um, does extend into the world of Far Cry New Dawn where they in some ways have gone back to a very sort of frontier lifestyle with farming and stuff, but still there's some, some scraps of knowledge. If you can make ethanol and you can sort of get a generator working on ethanol, then you can still have a bit of luxury. What we haven't lost is the knowledge, what we've lost is really like 
either the skills or the resources to make it happen. So, um, um, yeah, definitely that sort of frontier lifestyle was an influence, but again, it's, it's one layer on the whole Far Cry experience in this, in this apocalypse. Okay, sure. As a narrative, or I guess as the director, the narrative director of the game, I mean, one of the things that I guess is quite obvious about Ubisoft games is that there are common threads about how the game is structured mechanically. They're about the open world, they're about following, you know, icons around and having plenty of different you know, directions that you can go at any one point in time. Is it hard to write a story for a game and make it really distinctive and original when I, I, I guess there's a certain structure about how the game is designed? Um, mechanically, is do you find it a, a challenge to tell stories that are you know interesting and different within that kind of context? Every game presents its own unique challenges, but I think what sets Far Cry apart is that it's really about the player's choices and the player's story. And so, what we try to do is work and create systems that support and reinforce or push back against the choices that you yourself make. So even though it might be your ultimate destiny to, to have a showdown with these twin sisters, we want to give as much freedom as we can into how you get to that point. Um, so it can be challenging, but it's also, it's also part of the fun. We want to make sure everyone feels empowered to approach um, the gameplay, the narrative, and all these choices uh, in their own way. Is Tonal consistency a challenge when writing something of this kind of scale because the way that the, the missions are structured is they're, they're kind of short um, vignettes, you know, they're, they're quite short little self-contained stories with a broader arc kind of linking them together in, a, I guess, a way. Is, is it difficult to make sure that there's a tonal consistency throughout the narrative when you've got that many different stories to work with and the links between them can at times seem a little bit soft, for want of a better word? I understand what you're saying. I think, um, I think again, going back to the idea of player choice, um, the idea of consistency is can seem soft or not, depending on how you progress through the game. Mm -hmm. I think we always like to say on Far Cry, like truth is stranger than fiction, and if you look at real life, things can be very serious, but at the same time border on the absurd in our everyday lives. And in that respect, I think Far Cry is like that you can go from something quite dramatic and serious to something a little less so very quickly or if it's your choice and you're following a certain thread or a certain character's story you stay in that character's tone or space until the very end before you move on to the next thing so uh, there are players who will bounce around and the tone will bounce around with them there are some players who will be very focused and then the world for them will be very focused okay sure Okay, so I've just been told I've only got one more question to ask you. Um, are there any particular deeper themes that you wanted to explore within this this game? Because I mean, you've got the you've got the overarching story, you've got the nuclear wasteland, you've got that tension between people looking to try to survive within it. But if you look at other ap apocalyptic stories in you know kind of other media, like for instance um, the road or you know those kinds of those kinds of texts, there's, you know, multiple layers of other things that you can dig into and it becomes quite a complex kind of story. Mm -hmm. Were there any kind of deeper themes that you can, that, that you tried to tease out through through this story, which might not be so, I guess, overt to a player immediately, but on a second play, replay, third replay, those mm -hmm. themes start to start kind of, you know, come to the surface? I think, uh, on the one hand, 
um, every group in the game, the survivors, New Eden and the Highwaymen, have their sort of own vision of how to act in the world that they live in, whether they are selfish or selfless um, in, in a world where you do sort of have to look out for number one. So I think that's a, that's a theme that gets embodied in how the different groups behave. And then I think as well, because we're a standalone sequel to Far Cry 5, there's also, um, and this is um, shown in sort of the Rye family dynamic, there's a bit of a generational story being told that uh, Nick and Kim Rye return from Far Cry 5, but they're a little bit of the old guard. They're a bit too attached to the world that came before, and it's their daughter Carmina's turn to sort of step up and inherit this world, that, uh, and it's the only world she's ever known. So she's not sort of shackled by nostalgia or a yearning for a past that can never come again. So that's kind of a fun dynamic to play with the different perspectives of people who understand sort of what came before and what they feel they've lost, mm -hmm. whereas the people who only see opportunities ahead of them and just want a chance to make the most of it. Sure. Well, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate thank it. You. Wish you all the best with the game. I'm thank sure it's going to be great and, and a lot of people love it, I'm sure. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks.